0: This is Gold. Avalasha, former guest on the podcast, and my roommate is here yelling at me.
1: Yeah, we're sitting outside.
0: We're sitting outside, socially distant, recording this special. It is socially distant. Avalasha, shut up. It's fine.
1: We're sitting outside on this concrete stoop.
0: We're next to my gas meter.
1: This reminds me of my heritage.
0: (laughs) This is what it was like in Belarus?
1: This is like a Soviet experience, I feel like.
0: Yeah, this is how they made podcasts in old Belarus. Oh, totally. We are your local workers' council podcast hosts. Yep. Um, Here to bring you your daily government allotted Mm -hmm. portion of podcast.
1: Please enjoy this while you eat your... Daily allotted government portion of bread.
0: With your government spoon.
1: Oh, I already think I already told you this, but the audience should know. I have some silverware from Russia from my parents, and if you look at it, it has the price in rubles stamped on the back, like right on the silverware. It's very, uh... Right. Very, very, what's the word? Very, uh, fucked up. I think that's what (laughs) I'm looking for.
0: (laughs) Well, you didn't tell me that story. I ate with that soft with that silverware. I almost just said software, but what is silverware if not software for your food?
1: <laughs> Can you put the mic condom on a little bit? It's kind of falling off. Yeah, there you go.
0: Now it's fully protected. Yeah.
1: What are we doing today,
0: Michael? Today we are talking about a piece of Talmud that I fondly refer to as tiny vessels.
1: Wait, wait. I haven't even said how are you.
0: Oh yeah. Hi. How are you?
1: I'm. Fine.
0: Ah, Gotcha. You thought you were going to ask me how I was doing, but I did it to you.
1: I just want to say that you know how I'm being wooed?
0: Oh, yes, how you're being seduced through Jewish geocaching. Well, juocaching.
1: this anonymous person listened to the pod and was like, that's all fine and well and good, but you're also doing some wooing yourself.
0: Yeah, it's true. Michael and I have decided to mention the fact that I do have a Twitter crush. If you are listening to this and you think you might be my Twitter crush, you are. Take that for what it's worth.
1: If you think that you want to be my Twitter crush you can be <laughs>
0: Didn't you just say you were going to delete your Twitter?
1: I know, I know. I'm wow. going to delete my Twitter.
0: You truly contain multitudes and all of them are Jewish.
1: <laughs> yeah, every single one is every slightly Jewish. Dude. Oh. <laughs> <sighs>
0: Cool, 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 cool. Yes. So today we are here in not sunny Providence, Rhode Island.
1: It's a cloudy day. It's a
0: cloudy day. We're sitting at a socially distant distance in front of my gas meter to discuss this piece of Talmud. That's right. That I call tiny vessels. Many people are biking past us on the street looking at us very funny because we can't go inside my house because Michael and I don't live together.
1: That's right. We don't live together. We're not in the
0: same pod We're not in the same Coronapod. Nope. But we are on the same Coronapod. Yeah, we're going to talk about tiny vessels. This is the piece of Talmud that we studied in the recent Beit Midrash that we had that a lot of you guys came to, but we thought we'd talk about it on the podcast just because not everyone got a chance to come to the Beit Midrash, and I think it's a pretty good piece of Talmud.
1: So we're going to jump right into it.
0: The piece of Talmud comes from Chulin Duff 91A, so it's from a tractate that's called chulin that's about a bunch of stuff. Theoretically, this section is about kosher slaughter, but it gets off onto some crazy tangents, as is about to be demonstrated. Mm-hmm. From page 91, side A, the original text is, <laughs> So that's a mouthful. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So it starts with a quote from a verse from the Torah, which is, "And Jacob was left by himself." So Rabbi Eliezer goes on to interpret this, and he says he stayed behind for some small jars. Basically, what's happening here is we're in the period of the Torah where Jacob is about to reunite with Esau. Everyone is crossing over the river Yabok. (laughs) Cool. <laughs> yeah, super luxe, super cool. Jacob stays behind on the other side of the river for some reason, which is crazy because as far as he knows, Esau is out for blood. So for him to stay behind on the other side of the river by himself is like putting his own life in danger. The Gemara goes on to say, from this we can deduce that for righteous people, their possessions are more dear than their lives. Why? because they don't stretch out their hands to partake in thievery. If you know anything about Torahitic ethics, this may come off as full insanity. Mm -hmm. Uh, It was very confusing to me when I read that for tzaddikim, for righteous people, that their possessions are more dear to them than their lives. Very confusing to me. That is the opposite of what I think of as the Jewish ethical position on material goods.
1: Yeah, it's a toughie.
0: Yeah, it's true. It's definitely something that I have a hard time reconciling, especially just looking at it on the surface level. It's hard to think of ways to make this work. But luckily, our Beit Midrash was attended by many beautiful and wise queer Talmud scholars who came up with many beautiful and wise, uh, what I'm going to call, Interpretive loopholes to make the text work for us.
1: And one of those was me.
0: Oh, yes. Michael has something to say about this. Michael, over to you.
1: Hava, you've taught me that when we look at the Talmud, we can do an inside translation and an outside translation.
0: It's true. I have transmitted that to you.
1: So in the sentence at the end where it's like, well, why did he go back? You translated all the words and it was like a big giant jumble. It was like bananagrams.
0: <laughs> Talmudic bananagrams. Yeah, it was
1: Talmudic bananagrams.
0: Bananagamara.
1: And the collection of the words, when I looked at them and before I heard the outside translation put into the phrasing that English contextualized. occurs Contextualized. Yeah, contextualized. I was like, oh, they carry objects with them because... In the event that they are robbed or in the event that they encounter poor people, they have something to give. That was my hot retwisting, And you know me, I love hot twisting.
0: (laughs) Yes, you love hot twisting. I like that. I like what you're saying there. I like the idea that they take as much care as they take of their own bodies to make sure that they always have something on hand to give in case it's necessary to give tzedakah.
1: I don't know if the grammar works out.
0: Yeah, I well, the one thing that challenges me about that take and meshing it with the text is just what is the connection there to not stretching their hands out in thievery, which the text says is the rationale for why they take such care of their possessions.
1: It depends what not stretching their hand out in thievery could mean. Does the thievery not happen if... The person tries to steal from you, but you're like, you know, don't steal from me. Here, just take this.
0: Right. Or another way you could think of it is if you don't give tzedakah, which is like your moral obligation in Torah, if you don't give to others, then you are committing an act of gazeluts. You're committing an act of thievery and oppression by not fulfilling your obligation to pass on the wealth that Hashem has given you.
1: Oh, that's good.
0: Yeah, that's my fix for it. Another way that I like to think of this passage is just that the word that they use to mean bodies there, which is goof in Hebrew, which is very silly. That's goofy. (laughs) It's very, it's totally goofy. But the word that they use to mean goof can also mean like a self. You can sort of think of this passage of Talmud as saying a righteous person doesn't really give a lot of weight and attention to their self, to their ego. They are sort of empty of self. They have become completely absorbed in unity with Hashem. And so there's no difference Between them taking care of themselves and then taking care of the possessions that Hashem has given them because they have totally nullified their idea of an individual self. They're like in total unity with the Shekhinah.
1: Tell me if this is in line with what you just said. Great. Objects not as important as people. Right. But if you're a tzaddik and you own something, well, wow, that thing must be so important. It's almost like a joke. We are so like this that if you were to do this, there must be a really fucking good reason for you.
0: Right. I could go into that, but I thought of a different idea that I want to talk about. All right. Okay. Okay. (laughs) Fine. Whatever. I think we should keep that idea in. I just thought of this other thing, which is this really gets to the question of like when the Torah or when the Talmud says that something is how a tzaddik does it, how a righteous person does it. Mm -hmm. Is a tzaddik the ideal that we should all be striving for? Or is a tzaddik sort of like a special case?
1: Category of people.
0: Right, exactly. Because you could see this as sort of an argument for a Jewish monastic existence, right? You could say, well, a tzaddik, you know, a tzaddik doesn't care about their objects because like they're totally devoted to a life of Torah. Unfortunately, all of us schmucks, have to engage in some gazelut, some oppression to feed ourselves. But like the ideal Jew is someone who who tops (laughs) the ideal Jew, a top agreed. Uh, (laughs) um, Yeah, I don't know. That's just something something I wonder about. Are we meant to be trying to be the tzaddik in this equation or is a tzaddik Sort of like, oh, this is how it is for like these special people. And both of those have merits. Like, I'm a little bit into both worldviews, so I really don't know where to fall on it. Also, I just would like to announce that over the course of recording this podcast, I have seen a very large bumblebee, which I'm really excited about. I also saw two cute dogs. Really? Yes, two cute dogs, not at the same time, separately.
1: Oh, wow. Okay. It's and been I feel a like I have a better view of the street than you.
0: Yeah. Well, I'm really good at. Paying attention.
1: <laughs> How long have we been recording?
0: I don't know. Who are we? Where are we?
1: I do like my retroactive answer of the robbery and thievery never happened if you, in the middle of it, change it to just giving your possessions right, away. Right, right.
0: If you are a tzaddik, you have an opportunity to change an act of gazelut against you into a moment of connection.
1: And also, retroactive is a very Jewish word.
0: Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> All Judaism is retroactive. Yes, it's great. <laughs> Talmud is retroactive.
1: I love that about Judaism. You, yeah. So, So much stuff can just, (laughs) we invented the
0: time machine. Yeah, we retcon everything. This podcast is a retcon. Yeah, I like that there's sort of this idea in the way that you're reading it that if you are a tzaddik, like you prepare yourself, you prepare and take care of your life in such a way that you're ready to turn moments of conflict into moments of connection, Mm -hmm. which maybe is a little bit corny, but also like I would love to be that kind of person. It's definitely gay. (laughs) (laughs) Now I believe that the tzaddik is like a mom who has like a big purse and it always has like a snack and a cough drop (laughs) and a napkin <laughs> you know, like, that is the image of a tzaddik, is the tzaddik is someone whose bag is full of snacks.
1: Mm-hmm. This is the case of you projecting your idealized <laughs> version of yourself onto a... I know, a...
0: I would love to be a person who carries snacks around all the time, I but know. unfortunately I rely on others to get snacks for me. I, oh, I, like, know that I become a furious demon if I don't eat every two hours, but I make no plans to take care of it. I go out to do things, and then whoever I'm with, I'm like, we need to stop everything we're doing and get me a snack pre-corona
1: days you know i'd be hanging out with hava and we would hop into my car and drive straight to burger king
0: it's so true one time i was so hungry that i cried not like so hungry that i cried but like so hangry because like i had eaten two hours ago but i'm you know i listeners i may seem like a wild amazonian demoness
1: yeah you do but
0: i am in fact a delicate flower who is easily hurt by the world
1: that's true too so very delicate you're like an orchid
0: yes wow a dorkid dorkid.
1: (laughs) yeah yeah definitely yeah Yeah.
0: also i love that in this podcast discussing this sugya of talmud we have come up with drashes that we didn't even talk about in the Beit Midrash. There's just like infinite interpretations that have come out of mm-hmm. this like barely two sentences of text. Yep. I still feel like I don't have any insight into the mind of the person who wrote it. Like the person who thought a tzaddik takes care of their possessions more than their body. I still don't feel like I understand where that person was coming from.
1: It's there's so many layers. There's so many layers. There's the language itself that we might not be under. Ooh, a bumblebee.
0: I know oh hello
1: hello and it's like you know they had a different relationship with stuff like we just go through stuff like we're just we're just whores for stuff
0: yeah absolutely i definitely am i'm gonna tell on michael for a second once upon a time i recently asked michael to learn to text because he likes phone calls more than texting and he said i'm
1: a classy bitch
0: how expensive of an object do i have to buy you to not do this (laughs) and uh i took the deal i took the deal listeners and he learned how to text that's how you know i'm Uh, that bitch yeah who gets what she wants i'm a bit of a pushover in that (laughs) regard
1: but anyway okay listeners so this podcast where we produce the content for you but also it's kind of like a choose your own adventure story you can like slide into our dms and flirt with us you can call the talmud hotline
0: yeah call the talmud hotline Say nice things about me. Yes. Say mean things about the Talmud.
1: Yeah, say mean things and like...
0: Or nice things. I mean, whatever. I just think saying mean things about the Talmud would make for the best episode. Totally. You know. Or tweet at us. We will talk about your tweets on the podcast. Yeah, I
1: think I'm going to get rid of my Twitter because I'm not...
0: You just told someone to be your Twitter crush, Michael. <laughs>
1: well, I mean...
0: <laughs> <laughs> Sorry we bug you all so much to call the Talmud hotline. We just really like your Talmud messages.
1: We're just really, really broken and people.
0: We are this way because we love you. Um, wow, that's probably unhealthy.
1: I would say that I love you, but I have deep emotional issues. It's and I true. have trouble with that it's phrase. True.
0: He does. <laughs> um. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Jesus. Uh, okay,
1: well, this well, was the last podcast episode of Hi, How Are You? No,
0: Michael, don't even say such a thing. This podcast will be going on forever.
1: I know they'll bury me with a microphone
0: thanks everyone for listening to this little talmud tidbit it was super fun to talk about i am gonna have another bait midrash on may 17th at 2 p.m eastern time i'd love to see you all there we will talk about the three keys three mystical keys from the talmud
1: three mystical keys guys you can sign up at uh hi how are you
0: three mystical keys twitter <laughs> is one of the keys <laughs> <laughs> no twitter is zero of the keys i just wanted to say it in a sensual voice three mystical keys because remember how i used to do that how i used to say sensual phrases and then you would put it at the beginning of the podcast like mm-hmm. delicious explicit content mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah just to give our listeners their talmud asmr fix aleph samich mim reish
1: all right, we need, we should stop this before I jump <laughs> your bones. This is I getting know. real flirty. We're the just, eye contact is like, woo!
0: Yeah, we're just running our mouths here, being fools. Thank you so much for listening. I love each and every one of you with the heat.
1: Of a thousand suns. Of a thousand
0: <laughs> suns. I am buried in the avalanche of my love for my listeners. And on that note, shavua tov.
1: Shavua tov, everyone.
0: Bye. Bye.